Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching, so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to OKF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the Long Island Home Bunker. Folks, I'm really excited about the interview I have coming up next. You know that whenever I have the opportunity to speak with educators, I'm always so happy to do so because I think that teachers, not only because I am a former educator, but teachers are just so disrespected in this country, and we know that. We know a country based on what it is that they value. And the fact that teachers continue to have to do bake sales or take money out of their own pockets in order to buy school supplies for children or just get any type of respect and are not demonized for wanting to teach the truth about the founding of this nation or who should be celebrated as the heroes and the patriots in this country. Not to mention, folks, not to mention the fact that being a teacher in these United States means that you're putting your own life at risk of gun violence because of the consistent and unrelenting mass shootings that happens in our nation's schools. So I'm really excited to be able to get into this conversation with Mandeep Seti, who is a teacher at June Jordan School of Equity in San Francisco and received an amazing grant from Save the Music, the J. Dilla Music Technology Grant last year, as a way to engage young people in the arts, in music. You know, not to mention, right, the attacks that we have seen on curriculum, the fears that teachers have of even uttering the words gay or talking about any type of difference whatsoever. The arts and music is always right, on the chopping block in our nation's schools because it's not considered as important as STEM. It's not considered as important or needed. Meanwhile, I think that what we all understood, particularly at the height of the pandemic, is how important art, music, and connection is to our day-to-day lives. One of the things that I'll talk to Seti about is, you know, basically... I I don't know about you all, but during quarantine, 
if I wasn't in one DJ's live on Instagram, I was in another DJ's live. I got through being in quarantine and dealing with all of this uncertainty by dancing around my apartment, by dancing around my home, by being able to connect with other people that just needed a release. And that is what I think that the arts and music allow for is that release. And so for me, you know, I wish that in this country that we looked at music and the arts as essential rather than as an elective, something that is, you know, a nice to have, but you don't need. What does a society look like without music makers, without artists, right? It is devoid of passion, of innovation, of beauty. And those are all the things that are necessary particularly when times are difficult. And so I love this conversation with Seti X because one, we get into the importance of just kids having the space to be able to express themselves, right? To not be shut down and to find different avenues to express the trauma that is this moment in our lives. You know, I think about it often, that we as adults have the language, have the ability to kind of roll with the punches. And even for us, the last several years under the Trump administration, dealing with a global health pandemic, the unrelenting gun violence uh, that we see on a day-to-day basis with mass shootings, we lose our own words and our own ability to want to get out of bed. So imagine now dealing with those compacted crises, and then also going through hormonal changes and society, you know, trying to figure out where you fit in your school, in society, in your community. And then on top of that, dealing with all of these issues. So I think that the work that Mandeep is doing with the June Jordan School of Equity and that other educators are doing like him are necessary and should be lifted up and applauded and frankly, replicated, particularly now. So coming up next, my conversation with teacher, rapper, musician, Mandeep Seti. Folks, I'm very excited to welcome to Woke AF Daily for the very first time, um, Mandeep Seti, uh, aka Seti X, who is a teacher uh, at June Jordan. School of Equity in San Francisco, and also a rapper, musician. Um, Seti, I want to start off our conversation today with kind of talking about the many attacks that teachers have been under um, by the far right, by conservatives, and, Mm. you know, where you see the the role of the arts, of music education um, in our school systems, particularly now when, you know, curriculums are being overturned or narrowed, what role do you see that music and the arts play in a a child's education? Well, it's so great to be here with you on Woke AF. Thank you, Danielle, for having me. Um, I think, number one, as a teacher, you know, one thing uh, that's very clear, especially after the pandemic, is that we are essential workers, right? So teachers are essential workers. A hundred percent. And on one hand, it was being propped up like, you know, 
so much love for the essential workers. But then if you look at the back end, the statistics of what teachers are paid, what they have to deal with, not only with supporting our students, but also the rise of school shootings, the rise of violence, um, the the rise of uh, conservative uh, overturning of, you know, basically ethnic studies that's going on in the schools where students are actually getting to learn who they are and what real history actually is. So I think that's that's important to remember is that teachers are essential workers and that they are the ones that are with our young people every day, basically figuring out what the future is going to look like. You know what I mean? And so um, where arts comes into play is the creative mind, which is something that is supposed to be nurtured through a human experience. But Mm -hmm. uh, we know that school systems not don't necessarily um, cater to the arts first right it's always something as an elective or something you get to choose at the end of the day and so for me uh, as a teacher who's heavily invested in arts-based learning I've learned and seen firsthand that arts-based learning project-based learning using tools such as music visual art using tools um, including technology creates a whole different experience for students where they feel welcome in the classroom they feel safe in the classroom and most of all they feel um, the ability to be be themselves. And that's where learning happens because if they have this wall up of protecting themselves throughout the day, then it's harder to reach the true self of learning. So I think that arts-based learning and education allows for students to really open up to new ideas. Yeah. And I just, you know, I, I want to echo something that you said about teachers being essential workers, you know, and I, I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, and I am a former educator. As mm-hmm. folks who listen to Woke AF know, um, I taught first and second grade um, special education and general education in Washington, D.C. before right. I went into education policy. And You know, what I will say is that you can tell what a country values by who is making the most money, right? And when we look at teacher salaries and we look at many strikes that we've seen happen um, across the country in, in, in different cities and in different places, you know, teachers are probably the most undervalued position, right? That, that has such is uh, such a such a consequential position though right. in a child's life right 100%. like i i know that you know you must have a story as i have a story you know what was that teacher that turned you on to of music course. that turned you on um in a way that kind of that that changed the trajectory of your life straight up no i i have that teacher and that teacher uh miss shout out to miss mystery she was uh, a brown educator so I saw myself in her I was like okay this is South Asian person of uh, you know what I'm saying South Asian descent we can uh, I can connect with that and then she had a project where basically allowed us to like instead of writing an essay you could write a song and that was my introduction wow. into from poetry into music which propelled me into a full-time career until I became uh, shifted over to education to tour and and make music and hip hop music and and share that with the world. So, I mean, for me, that was life changing. And I'm trying to like take that to the next level with what I'm doing. So, you know, I am a hip hop artist, but now I'm full time educator. So I'm bringing that into the classroom and our courses are designed to give students real life skills so that they can use the technology, get paid internships and yes, disrupt the um, kind of uh, white supremacy and white privilege that exists within even the creative community and the creative economy, as well as the uh, tech economy. You know what I'm saying? So we're in San Francisco. We're fighting mm-hmm. against rapid 
gentrification. We're in outer mission. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like people who work at these tech companies are buying houses that our students, you know, the neighborhoods our students live in. And these are now over million dollar houses. And we're still in neighborhoods that are fighting against, you know what I'm saying? These financial economic uh, turmoil that's been happening for years. So there's a lot going on with our students. And, and so music definitely plays a, a large part in a multitude of ways of their healing and of their kind of their voice. In 2021, um, you were the the recipient of the Save the Save the Music grant um, from Jay Dillon. I, I want you to, to to talk a bit about that, but then also my frustration that we need grants in order to right. save the music because our schools and the arts are not being funded in a way uh, that makes it secure. So, so speak to For speak real. to that. Yeah. So when I arrived at the school that I work at now, there was no music program. And so that blows my mind because we're in an area of San Francisco and the Bay Area, which is known for changing the way that independent music, independent hip hop lives in in the U.S. and the world. And so we're in this mecca of music business and music technology, but we have no music program at our school. So Mm. um, in in that sense, you know, there was a it was a eye opening experience for me. But as a musician, I I looked out there and I and I found this resource and shout out to save the music because they believed in me um when basically no one else did and they allowed us to um apply for this grant which we received the jay dilla music technology grant which is named after the uh late hip-hop producer jay dilla james do yancey out of detroit and who changed the sound of music and so for us to be able to carry on his legacy is, is such an honor and we recently hosted ma dukes who is his mother who came by and got to see um, the work that our students are doing. She listened to their music and she told us that at the end of that, that she wished that there were more schools like this and more programs like this because she saw the value of um, music that was taking place and how it was changing lives right in front of her. So it's really a blessing to to have this grant and to have these resources. But I think that it is a it has been a wake up call for our district and for other programs to see like, oh, wow, like investing in the arts actually does make a difference because I think for years people ignored that. Can you explain, like paint a picture for us about how you are utilizing music in the classroom and what your, and what this program actually looks like um, and the ways in the different ways, the innovative ways that you are, that you are educating youth. Right. So we know that a lot of our students are used to the iPhones or Androids. And so uh, we decided to go work with Save the Music to create um, uh, iPad-based curriculum. So we use iPads. We teach students how to make music on GarageBand. So for students who have music experience, they can step in right where they are if they have music theory or uh, instrument experience. And for a student who has absolutely zero experience making music, can also feel on day one that I can do this too through different tutorials and formulas that we use through GarageBand. And so this um, accessibility is the main key for our program because we Mm. know that technology is not accessible for a lot of our students. You know what I'm saying? 75% of our students qualify for a free lunch. So that shows you their economic uh, situation. And at the end of the day, most students don't have a device at home, whether it's a computer or an iPad, right? They may have a phone, uh, but that's about it. And so we're allowing students to get on these devices and to um, basically you learn the same skills that you would pay to learn at any 
music program at maybe NYU or any sort of private program that exists in Los Angeles. This is the same skills, the same equipment that these um, professionals are using. So that's the main thing that our program is revolutionizing is the accessibility. And then those students who may have iPhones, they can also, you know, airdrop the file onto their phone. They can check out equipment. They can take it home and continue to work on it. We have microphones and headphones students can check out. And so when you come into our classroom, you'll see a multitude of things. You'll see students making beats. You'll see some students on the turntables learning how to DJ. You'll see some students in the vocal booth working on singing or rapping. And at the end of the day, we want them to express themselves, to be able to use that space as a place of healing, as a place of uh, safety and trust so that they can just be who they are meant to be. You know, I, I, I love this so much. I, I love your program. I love the work that you're doing, particularly with, you know, notably marginalized students. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to talk for a moment about how the pandemic, um, how the pandemic remote learning just Definitely. impacted young people, young people that, you know, your students that you come across and how you know, your program might have helped them kind of cope with this situation, with, with the uncertainty that we yeah. were all struggling to deal with. Definitely. It was a tough time. And and to be honest, music definitely saved a lot of us during that time. And so for us, our students, you know, they had cameras off. You know, we don't know what's going on at home. And so on one hand, teachers are upset. Why are the cameras off? But at the end, other hand, it's like, well, you know, this is a very interesting experience that students are like being taught it from their home and we're asking them to show us their home so you know i think for me i was able to, mm. to i was able to use it to an advantage actually because now that students are on their device they can use the programs that i was using online and and there's no like uh, distractions because you're on the device that you're using to right. make music. So I try to flip it into a positive and I saw more engagement from students that normally wouldn't be engaged uh, in other remote learning, right? I'm hearing students are not coming to these other classes, but they would come to our beat making class. We were able to collaborate online. Um, students were able to share their screen and show their process. And we, at the end of it, we held a, a music production showcase where we invited people from all over the world to come see and hear these students. And I think it was uh, definitely like life-changing for myself and for other students because you know we're all stuck at home but we have this point of connection that's so deep and that music technology just brought us together you know i think about myself and the ways in which you know d nice had created an yeah. entire like li you know very much so a life-saving community you yeah. know by by djing from home and 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 going on instagram live i think about so many other djs um, that I got to experience, you know, during particularly those, those initial days of being in quarantine and not knowing what's going to happen. And just, and I realized at that point, Seti, like how important one, how important connection is, right. That we right. have all taken, uh, you know, taken for, uh, granted because Definitely. of what social media has also provided, but also taken away in terms of personal contact, mm -hmm. but then recognizing the way that you, you needed music, you needed gathering space in order to be able to even, um, move through to get out of, you know, to get out of bed in the morning. And so when Definitely. I think about myself and how I was dancing around my, you know, apartment and space, and I think about, you know, your, your young students, um, and what a lifeline it was for them. Um, you know, what are some of the, I guess, what are some of the stories or, yeah. you know, things that you can share 
in terms when people think again about music education or art, they think of it as an elective. So explain yeah. why it isn't a, why it shouldn't be looked at as an elective, and instead of it should right. be rev- viewed as essential. Right. Um, I think that there's two ways to answer that question. And the first is that the experience is essential for students to have art and music, right? And one story I have is a student who transferred from another school and uh, they were not integrated into the community at all. They felt completely outcasted and they took my music class just because they had no other choice, right? That was the only open elective. And so they ended up getting placed in my class. Fast forward two years, this is my best student. Uh, This student Mm. is performing at uh, multiple venues in San Francisco, getting opportunities through our program, through Save the Music uh, and our and our partners. And this student is now uh, pursuing a professional career in music and getting internships where they're getting paid. Right. And um, and then uh, the other side of that story, the second answer to that question, why it's essential is because later on finding out that the student who is an African-American youth from the neighborhood is lives in a group home right and uh is not in touch is not in touch with their family and does not get the support from their family and all of a sudden this music program has provided a platform for them to express themselves for them to find support for them to be who they are right and so there's healing going on multi-generational healing going on there's um you know equity in action with students getting uh industry level um, pay rates, right. That they mm-hmm. deserve instead of having to work at, uh, you know, retail salaries or whatever it is or free, right. As we know in the creative industry, a lot of us work for free. Yep. It's like, we can get them paid right away. And I know that you put in work. I know I put in work for free before we were ever given a platform or create our own platform. Right. And that's just what we do. But now we have the opportunity to present students with financial stability at such a young age, uh, if we can create those skills. And I think that's what arts education is about. It's not just about, um, you know, uh, that having a good time. It's about real skills that can translate into uh, real opportunities. And it's also about real healing. Yeah. And I just, you know, and I, I, I love the fact, too, that you're placing your students in places where they can actually get paid because many yeah. people, you know, would roll their eyes and say, well, I interned for free and that's, you know, and yeah. that's part of the experience. And I think to myself, that comes from a point of privilege, right? It Being does, able to, to, to decide that you're going to work for free because the knowledge is going to be payment enough right. means that all your other needs are met. Correct. But when you're exactly. talking about young people that are, you know, potentially living in group homes or in between homes or what have you, that money, right, can go towards so much. And so I think that it's important to to lift that up as well. Definitely. I think that um, it is a place of privilege, you know, and I can say myself at times that I've been able to be an artist because of certain privileges that I've been born into or been raised with. Right. And so my perspective, understanding that is really the key to understanding their perspective. If you know who you are, then you can understand who others are. Right. And so I'm at a place where I try to meet the students where they are. And I think a lot of Uh, folks in our community don't understand that these students at a young age are financially already self-reliant. So they may not be independent, Mm. like live at home. They still live at home. Mm -hmm. You still have Mm -hmm. uh, mom or dad or whoever's caretaker grandma's around. But at the end of the day, the financial flow is not happening uh, through the family. It's happening independently. And if students need to take care of young ones or get to a certain place, like say they need to get to a 
a free internship. They need to pay for a mm-hmm. bus or an Uber mm-hmm. there. Like there's there's a financial gap. So it, it is important to provide these opportunities to students. And I mean, I think that that is the way uh, moving forward to kind of, you know, enable them in, in that way as well. Seti, you know, last question for you. What are you hoping? What are what are your hopes um, for this program for, you know, for for June Jordan School of Equity where you are and for music and the arts, I guess, in our school system and our public education system at large? Well, you know, I'm working with Martha Diaz in the Hip Hop Education Center in New York, and we're doing the Hip Hop Education and Equity Pilot Grant in uh, SFUSD. And I think that for me, that is the future of education. And that's what I hope for the future of education is to bring in the hip hop education and equity element, however that may be, whether it's through uh, b-boying or, or street art or DJing or emceeing or singing, but some sort of like hip hop element. Um, meeting the youth where they're at. We already know hip hop culture is youth culture and has been the Mm -hmm. dominant culture and the youth. It's time to embrace it. It's okay if folks don't know about hip hop culture and need to learn about hip hop culture. That's what we do. Fifth element of hip hop is knowledge. We're here to break it down. And that's how I learned about hip hop culture. Someone brought me into the fold through all the Mm -hmm. different educational aspects that hip hop offers. And so I think, you know, we say each one teach one. I think that if we can inspire other educators and other hip hop artists to come together and bridge the gap, um, I think that, you know, I mean, uh, that knowledge and education will grow in tenfolds in our communities if we embrace the languages and the music and culture of our communities and use those in our educational spaces. And so, um, you know what I'm saying? I'd love to see more um, POC educators out there just yeah. holding it down. Shout out to all of those, uh, you know, coast to coast and worldwide that are already holding it down. We see you and we recognize you. And I just want to be uh, another one of those beacons of light that we all can, can be, you know what I mean? Sati, I just want to thank you so much for the work that you're doing, for the light that you're bringing, uh, for the innovation that you have for tomorrow's leaders, and give you the opportunity to tell folks how they can learn more about about this, about your program, if they want to introduce something like this in their own schools, if they want to follow you um, and your music, please tell the folks how they can get in touch. Definitely. Well, you could check me out. My name is Seti X. I'm on Instagram and uh, Twitter as well, just at S-E-T-I underscore X. Uh, that stands for Sounds of Extraterrestrial Intelligence. You can follow our music program on Instagram at Music Tech SF. That's Music T-E-C-H-S-F. And of course, big love and big shout out to Save the Music for supporting our program, giving us that J Dilla Music Technology Grant. Big love to Ma Dukes. Make sure you follow official J Dilla, Save the Music, and Ma Dukes on social media. And check out savethemusic.org for more information about the J Dilla Music Tech Grant. Sati X, thank you so much for making the time for Woke AF, and I hope that you'll join us again. Oh, definitely. It was such a pleasure to be on here with you, Danielle. It, was, it just had felt so natural and normal to have this beautiful conversation. So we'll catch up more for sure. And big love to the Woke AF family. Thank you. That is it for me today, dear friends on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people. Power, get woke and stay woke as fuck. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. 
What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know, he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit RightRug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.